Imagine a world in which post-traumatic stress no longer robs from millions who suffer. You don't want to get help because you're embarrassed. You don't want to tell people the dark stuff that you've went through. That stigmatism of you can't talk to people it is so true. And I said, I yeah. don't want to, I, I can't, I don't want to live this trauma again. Yeah. And he goes, yeah. you don't have to. Yeah. And I said, yeah. what? The experts, they forgot to tell me I can heal. I didn't know that I can get rid of PTSD. I just remember being able to stand by the water and look up at the sky and hear the noises. And I didn't think they were gunshots. I was like, those are Disney fireworks. I don't even know what to imagine for myself now, my future, because I have one. This is Life After PTSD. I want to welcome everybody to another episode of Life After PTSD. Carrie, you've got another face of PTSD or trauma, right? I, well, I, it's not, I guess, I guess not trauma, trauma. I just think it's, it's traumatizing it's an, it's what last year has been. Interesting right? aspect of the world that we live in that we're going to talk about today. So tell me who you have uh, with us on the line and uh, let's get right to it. So Andrea, although you say your name better than I do. <laughs> <laughs> Andrea. <laughs> Andrea. Yeah. So I have a new mom, Andrea, who happens to be also my neighbor. And her husband and I were talking one day and he mentioned that her mom was coming into town. And I was like, what? Her mom, you know, she's, he said her mom hasn't seen the baby. And I said, it's been four, what, four months now? Five, how long has it been? How long? And I said, she hasn't Our seen mom. the baby. And he said, no, duh. Like we're on a lockdown. I was like, I know, but they should let moms in to see their grandbabies. I just, I just thought that was so terrible. And, but he's in, and he just mentioned that, yeah, it's just been really hard for both of you because you are so isolated, right? Moms, it's a big deal. You can't even, I mean, I've, I've actually seen people with babies and I've actually seen people making comments like, oh, why are they taking a baby out in a pandemic? You know, it's like people, it, you know, it's a thing that you wouldn't even think about normally. Like having a baby is, can be, you know, obviously rock your world, change your life, but it isn't necessarily traumatizing unless something bad happens to the baby or, you know, um, but when you can't have your family around and then you've just moved and it's, it can be overwhelming. So I don't know. I'm just curious. So it's share how, if, if you're, I can absolutely see how that would be a trauma though. I'm telling you, this is oh. a big deal. Family support is huge. So it yeah. Is. What, what, uh, so yeah. So talk to us. What, what is this story? First of all, my name is Andrea. I'm from Brazil and this is, something that impacted us a lot because my entire family is from Brazil and they are all there. My husband's family, Gavi, his family, they live all in the U.S. However, we live here in Florida and his family lives up north. Um, to begin with, we didn't plan having a baby and she was a surprise and she was a good surprise, of course, very welcome. Her name is Olivia and she's great. She's, she's the beautiful. cutest thing ever. Yes. And... So everything turned like a, cra a craziness when the COVID came and we were like, okay, um, until April last year, we were like, okay, my mom is going to come and she's going to stay here for a month with us when Olivia is born. Then on May, Trump came with this new thing that the, the country was closed for Brazil, Brazilians to come. And then we were like, okay, mom can't come, but it's going to be one month only. And then it became a thing that, that until now, Brazilians can't come directly from Brazil. They have to quarantine somewhere else. And like all, the, and we tried to see countries that she could be the 14 days before coming to the US. And like Chile was closed, Mexico was closed, everywhere was closed. Not even like only cost wise, but like 
the front the 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 front the 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 borders were closed, so it was not possible for her to come, and I was really upset because we had a ticket for her to come on the end of May, and one day before he closed the border. So oh, it was wow. really traumatizing. And Olivia was born in July and I was really like first time mom. We originally, Gav and I, we met in Miami. So our friends were in Miami also. And with the COVID, even them couldn't come and stay over, you know, because it was all this COVID thing. And his family, his mom was coming and his mom got sick. His mom got really sick, not of COVID. It was another thing. She had a surgery and complicated, and she was one month at the hospital. His sister was supposed to come to, and his sister had to help his mom. So Gavin and I, first time parents, we saw each other like, okay, we it's gonna be on us. And it was crazy because Olivia had lots of colleagues and she wouldn't sleep. She does, she still doesn't sleep well during the night. She wakes up minimum three times every night, and it's um, another thing that was making me crazy. And like I can't, I couldn't have lots of friends over. I had two friends that they were like my, they they helped a lot. They they don't know that they helped me so much, but they did because one hour, two hours that they spent with us was good already, and. Uh, some of them made food. Some of them would come just to hold the baby for a little bit. Some of them would come just to bring us groceries, you know, and it was very helpful. And it's traumatic because I say until now that I, I don't want to have another baby because it was really, really hard. Oh, wow. wow. And my so mom, my, my entire family, I have two sisters and my mom, I have a whole family. I have, I have nieces, nephews and Everyone would love to see her. They were all planning to come and no one could come. So finally I could convince my mom because it's, a, it's another thing. My mom is 60 years old and she doesn't speak another language, only Portuguese. So for her it's also hard like to tell her mom, you have to stay 14 days in Mexico before coming. And she's like, no, I'm not going. I won't stay alone. So we had to find someone to come with her and thank God, her cousin has a daughter that lives in San Francisco. She agreed to come with my mom, and they both stayed in Cancun, which was awesome, right? Who doesn't want to stay in Cancun? But imagine, like, 14 days in a hotel in Cancun in the middle of a pandemic. And when before not, my mom came. Yeah, and you're not with your family. It's not like your mom was going and visiting Cancun to hang out with family. Um, and no. let's not even talk about the cost of this, right? So she yeah. had to leave, you know, first of all, the first ticket doesn't, you can't use that. You know, now you have to fly to Mexico, stay 14 days. Oh, and then we lost two tickets. We lost two because we had another one for July and we had this one for May. We had to buy another ticket. So it's the third ticket that she has. Yeah. And, and then you have to have her stay for 14 days. I mean, that's a long time to stay when you're not really wanting to even, you're just, it's just a passing through. You, you you have to go through. And then to finally get to here to see your grandbaby. So, and then I know when she was coming here, I remember I texted you and said, hey, is your mom here? And you're like, well, I think so. We're still waiting on immigration. Or maybe Gavi said that. Waiting on immigration to clear, you know, custom, you know, 
So even when she got here, you weren't even totally sure she was going to make it to it's your house. Mm. Yeah. Every time, every time someone comes to the U.S., they go through the immigration. Even I, when I moved here to the U.S., I was working and I had a work visa and it, it was stressful because if they don't want you to be here, they can tell you you go back. You know, they they can say one time they took me to a room because I had a problem with my visa, but it wasn't my fault. It, it was the lawyers, the company that did something with the date. Anyways, it was everything okay. I, but I stayed in that room in the immigration for one hour and I lived here already for like for two years. I pay taxes. I have a job. I have a house. And... I had to stay one hour in that room. You know, it's very stressful. And mm. my mom got here, thank God. I made a, a letter for her. I made a letter saying that she doesn't speak English, that she's coming to meet her grandbaby. I sent my passport, picture David's passport, Olivia's birth certificate. I sent her, I made an insurance for her. I, you know, everything that we could to prove that, you know, she's coming, she's staying with us. We have all the resources for her. And she has a ticket to go back home. She doesn't want to stay here. We have to prove all of this. And they didn't give any problem for her. Right. But it still took you, I mean, so you started doing this when? And then how long did it take? I mean. She got here on December 15. We started to plan. We, we decided to plan. So with the election, we were hoping that something was going to happen, okay? We were saying maybe Trump will open the country. So when Biden won and Trump decided to be very against all of this, we were like, the country won't open. It's possible that it will be more closed, you know, and mom, I need you. Because I was at a, I, I was at a point that I, I didn't sleep, I couldn't eat well. The baby wants to be held all the time. It's like, I can't do anything. And I don't have a lot of experience being a mom. It's the first time. And it was being very hard. And I need to find a job. I need to go back to work. I need to feel like myself again. And by myself, I can't do it. And like only Gabby working, I can't get a nanny to watch her while I try to go back to my normal life. You know, I need some help. And like, I need it. I have two dogs. It's, it's, all complicated and I finally I told her mom I need you I really need you it's like I'm getting crazy I'm getting like at a point that I love my baby but like sometimes I want her like why don't you sleep I want just to sleep you know I would be without not, not sleeping for 24 hours and it's hard right and and you know in a normal situation, right? Which I don't know when we're going to be normal again, but not that I'm supposed to say that, but in a normal situation, it's hard to have a baby, right? You know, it's hard, but you can call friends to come over. You can call, you know, and I, I mean, I, as your neighbor, I've been hesitant and I'm feeling so bad that like, I'm going to come over and hold that baby because I love holding babies. <laughs> but, you know, even I was like, well, I don't know, you know, what if I, what if I have something? What if I'm going to give the baby something? You know, I haven't wanted yeah. to, I mean, you know, you know, like, I think just as a society, we don't even know how to handle this because, um, first of all, I don't think that people are realizing how difficult it is, you know? Um, and that's one of the reasons I wanted to have you on. Cause I said, this is a totally different, um, face of 
of trauma that we haven't talked about. And I don't think we've talked about birth trauma when your baby, you know, something happens horrible in, in the birth, but after the baby is born and your whole world is upside down anyway, but then we have a pandemic on, on the top of that and we can't, we can't navigate family or, you know, people but, being there. Uh, for new parents, though, I mean, the support is everything. It's so mm-hmm. huge. And so not to not have that support. So right, horrible. right. And just just to sort of empathize with you, uh, Andrea, uh, we had our second was colicky and it was survive. Right. That's what it was. When was yours born? Was it a few months ago? You said again. July 29th. July 29th. Five months okay, now. so you're at the five month mark. Um, yeah, it was it was about five or six months for us that we were dealing with that with with that one, and that was difficult. And we had this was not our first go around at that point, right? And even us, we're going, what what do you do? And and you, know, and you have lots of family here, and we have lots of family. And yeah, Shannon and Shannon has sisters. and nobody really knows what to do for a colicky baby. They've all, always wondered, is it you know maybe some kind of like acid reflux or something or indigestion? Like nobody really knows, you know how that that works. And it so would everybody, cry, I would cry with her. I'm like. Yeah. I don't know what to do. Right, and and it's and it often feels like uh, it's different than a I'm hungry and and here's my cry and I'll shut up when I get some milk or something like that. Right, it's a different kind of cry because you know there is maybe some some discomfort or something probably associated with that for the baby. So it's, it's so it is a different cry. It tends to be relentless and yeah, that's 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 a hard place. That's a very very hard place. And so sometimes having a a backup or a you know hey tag your it can be a really nice thing. And to not have that and. And and it's not just you know you don't just hand that off to the you know to the mailman right you know, like that's not who I'm no. talking about here you know you've got to have that support structure that somebody that you trust who is who who maybe even has been there as well and can say look I get it go take a nap right get a couple of hours of sleep that you haven't had and recover and you know hit hit the reset button yeah. a little bit so that's why I keep emphasizing here that you know this is just one of the ways we often we have talked before on the show about. Um, some of the ways the pandemic has has affected people and just how lives have certainly been disrupted. Of course, loss of life. We've had, uh, you know, a story of one that came on here that almost lost their own life, you know, as a result of, um, and and thank God survived. But um, yeah, this is a different aspect of this. You know, when you're, you know, when your freedoms are disrupted or your needs, your familial structure structures are disrupted and you know, that is a big deal. And I, th- I think we, we cannot emphasize that enough. We should not discount that at well, all. Right? Well, yeah, it's 2020 all along, all, lots of pieces of 2020, right? So they were sure. hope you're holding out hope for the election. Okay, the election is going to happen and things will change. Then we'll, you know, hopefully. And then when that didn't happen, it's like, okay, now we have to make a decision. So ba- basically when that happened, so November, you guys started, okay, we've got to get her to come. And she's got to go 14 days in Mexico. And now when she goes back, she has to go 14 days in Mexico again, I guess. Or we're hoping that'll change. No. Or Okay. No, she can't go back to, directly to Brazil because she, she she's from there. So what is going on now is that you have to have a COVID test before going back home. Okay. And if she's okay, she can go. Um, and before she, she was coming, on November, she had COVID. Mm. So it was one more like, oh my God, mom, you have to feel better. You have to be okay to travel. You have to be out of COVID. And thank God her COVID was really, and my mom, for her, she's a staying home mom. And she had one lunch with a friend that was with COVID and she didn't know. Uh, I know it's it crazy. was all hard, it's just you know. So hard, wow. Um, but she's doing okay, obviously now. Yeah, and everything's fine. No, before she came, she was already negative, and everything was okay. And That's she good. came, and 
everything. Because I know initially you guys, or somebody said she might have to go, or at some point, was she going to have to go back to Mexico to um, uh, quarantine on the way back? Or no, it's always been... No. As long as she has a test. Okay. 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 Yeah, if she couldn't come to the U.S., she would have to go back to Brazil from Mexico. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Well, I am so glad she's here now. And how are you feeling now that your mom is here? I mean, are you getting some... The thing that I feel bad is because my dad can't see the baby. My sisters, I have two sisters, and they are crazy to see the baby. And thank God for technology and for FaceTime that they can see her developing. And But yeah, my mom being here is awesome. Now I have, I have my life kind of back again. I... Like if the baby wakes up between six and seven, I say, mom, here. I had her the whole night. Now she's yours. And I go to sleep until 10. And I can have like this two, three hours of sleep. And I feel like another person. And going out now, it's easier. Not that I'm, not that I'm going out a lot. Like I feel God sometimes wants, let's go. To the grocery, let's let's take Olivia. And I'm like, no, you go or I go and stay home. I don't take the baby out so much in the closed spaces. But like, I I'm trying to start getting out because I can't I can't go crazy. I can't be home all the time. So we go to parks, and I also my sister-in-law, she's awesome, and she's she's from New England, and she's spending a month, two months here down Florida. She's renting a house. So we go to her house, she comes over and she has my nephew and niece. So they come and they play with Olivia. So it's being more like, you know, we are feeling our life again with more like love around and Olivia is seeing more people. And, you know, because what what I was afraid of is like Olivia wouldn't have people around her. It would be those babies that, you know, that can see people and would cry and be cranky and, Thank God she's a happy, smiley baby. The only thing now is that because of the colic, as you were saying that your baby was really bad too, I think you know how is it. The only thing that would make her feel better was holding her. So we would hold her all the time. And now she only wants to be held. So like everything we do, we are holding her, you know? And even she sleeps sometimes, she wants to sleep on our bed, which is bad, but the pediatrician says to not do it. We just do what we can do to survive because she, she will survive. All of our kids we slept were with doing. us. Yeah, that's what we were doing. Yeah. I, I think I, I think some pediatricians say it's fine to co sleep and some say no, you shouldn't. And you know, I, I don't know, all four of ours at some point, some longer than others slept with us and they're, they're all surviving, I I think, most days. <laughs> but. Yeah, that's how we were in the survival mode. Now we are trying to go back to our normal life, trying to put her to her bedroom, which is being hard. That's so hard. But everything is okay now. I think I feel like a better, in a better place now, you know, but it was hard. It was really hard. Yeah, no, thank you so much for sharing because it was just such a, when, when Gavi said that, I was like, oh my goodness. I, in fact, I called Jeff and I said, Jeff, we haven't even thought about the the trauma that people are having, you know, who have just had new babies. My own cousin um, had had some struggles with um, infertility and finally had a baby um, about the same time Olivia did. And we had not seen her or him. We hadn't seen our cousin, but it's a little boy. Um, Gabe is his name. 
And we hadn't seen him until just a month or so ago. And we all wore masks and because it was all, all the family went down there and um, it was, I guess, Thanksgiving. We saw right around Thanksgiving, we saw him, but we hadn't, we hadn't seen him. And, and, you know, and it was all, we were all still trying to be careful because kids, we have teenagers that are in school and we thought, what if they have something? And, and so, um, yeah, it was, you know, and my cousin was like, it said the same thing that you did. You know, I'm worried you know, is he going to be normal? Like, is he going to be, be able to be around people? And what was interesting is we were the, other than my cousin and her husband and my aunt and uncle, we were the first people he had seen. Right. And he was almost six months old, you know? And, and I said, okay, he'll be fine. You know, he will really, they only need to see parents for the first six months, but still it's one more thing to worry about. We worry about so much when we have kids. So yeah, it's just another yeah. thing. And so I, our, my encouragement to people listening to this is reach out to somebody because you don't know. We're all dealing with this pandemic differently. And you, you don't know what your neighbors or your friends or your coworkers are dealing with. You know, take them a meal, do something. Um, or, but just at the end of the day, just be sympathetic. You know, just be understanding. That's one of the things our last um, podcast um, guest was talking about. She was like, I didn't want a pity party, but I just wanted people to, to be like, wow, that must be difficult. I can't, I don't know what you're going through, you know, and just be there, just hold space for that person, you know? So if nothing else, would you say that or what, I don't know, what words do you have for anybody, any thoughts or that you have? Yeah, we were fortunate because we moved, you know, we moved um, one week before the baby was born, we moved to this neighborhood. And she came two weeks before what we thought she would come. But all the neighbors were really nice to us. Like here in this community, I think you know that, but they were they were really nice and like very sympathetic and also our friends. And what I can say is like, it, I know having a new baby, it's tough. I didn't know that. I always loved babies, but I always said, I love the babies. And But when they cry, I give back to their mom. And, I don't, I don't want to be in this position. And now I have my own baby that cries and I have to hold her and wake up. And I, now I know how, how it feels. And it's the best thing and also can be like one of the hardest things ever. And it's hard for all the ones that had babies during the pandemic because we can't go out. We can't do a lot of things. The babies can't know the world. But we try to do what we can. We go to a stroller walk in the neighborhood. We go to a park and that's that's what I that's what we can do and you know and maybe be outside with people that we know that don't care don't 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 not it's not that don't care that are not so worried because there are people that don't want to get out of the house. I I have some friends that that I don't see since it started. The pandemic started and she had a baby at the same time as I did. And the only people that saw the baby until now was her mom. She only goes from her house to her mom's house. And I understand because that's how she feels about it, you know? And it's hard. I, that, that's what I can say about it. Like you live the life the way you think you, it's the best way to do to get through this. And it will pass. I think the vaccine is there. And I think we, we are getting, getting, better on this I don't know yeah hopefully you know as far as normal who what is normal anymore is what I say you know what what is normal I don't know normal is wearing masks normal is um being you know washing your hands more normal is normal is um hope 
probably reaching out to neighbors more because, hey, we're all in the same space generally, at least, you know, and we can all be yeah. out in the yard together and, and be outside. And um, so, you know, I, I think we can find a new normal um, that hopefully works and or that well, it has to work. Right. We have to work this out. Yeah. We have to figure it out. But yeah. So be supportive. Um, thank you so much for coming on and doing this, because I know I would um, I just basically texted you like, will you come, will you come share your story? Because I think it will touch a lot of people and it's a totally different area that we haven't touched on. And I think it will, I think it'll help somebody, you know, thinking like, yeah, that's me. I'm dealing with that too. And I don't know what to do. You know, there's not the mom and me class that you can go to right now, or there may be starting, um, to have those kind of things, but, um, but still, you know, we all have to be so careful and, um, but yeah, thanks so much for sharing. Any other questions or thoughts? No, Andrew, you have? thanks for sharing. We appreciate your your transparency on this. Um, definitely, uh, you know, an interesting story. Thank right, you I'll so much. You. I'll talk to you soon. <laughs> bye bye. Bye bye. Bye. Hey, Life After PTSD listeners. We're glad that you love other stories of healing, but what about you? First Orlando Counseling is the premier trauma therapy center in Central Florida with a full staff of trained clinicians ready to help you clear your trauma without re-traumatization. Childhood abuse, relationship abuse, a traumatic car accident, birth trauma, first responder or military trauma, even phobias. You don't have to live like this. It's time for you to heal. Schedule a consultation today by visiting firstorlandocounseling.com or call 407-514-4470. It's that easy. Carrie, that was an interesting conversation with I, I still with Andrea. I'm still Andrea. <laughs> Andrea. And, no, I, I, Andrea. Andrea. I can't say it as well as she can. I, I love when people have names like that and they can say it like in a really cool way because I just feel I'm, I'm so unskilled to be able to do that. So I could never roll my R's in um, learning Spanish growing up. I'd always try to do that and I just couldn't do it. I don't know if there's something the matter with my tongue or whatever. So, but I love, I love hearing when people do it. I love when he, you know, when somebody speaks their language so beautifully and then they just do it. So anyway, Andrea. She has such a beautiful accent. She does. She does for sure. So it's an interesting story. And, um, again, I'm very sympathetic to the colicky thing because we had one of those. Yeah, we didn't, we actually didn't have any colicky babies. We just had our, our first one was just. I don't know. No, we, we just held him because I thought that's what I was supposed to do. Just hold him all the time. You know, I'm a, right. I'm a psychotherapist. So right. I thought I would, he was going to have attachment issues if we didn't hold him oh, all gosh. the time. So, <laughs> but I think, but thinking about that makes me um, just remember it is traumatic to just totally change your life and bring a baby in the world. You know, you now have a little person that you're raising and, yeah. and they're de- totally dependent yeah. on you. Yeah. And, yeah. and then as they get older and they make decisions and you're thinking, Oh, did I do the right thing? Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I think of the phone call or the zoom call we had last night talking about social media or the social dilemma mm-hmm. and, you know, Anna talking about, Hey, you just, when they're really little, you have to make the right decisions. And mm-hmm. I'm thinking to myself, don't we think about that all the time when our kids are older, you know, do, do we, we make, make that are wrong? Right. And, you, and you just hope, you just hope that you've loved them enough and done enough of the right thing. Um, that mm-hmm. they're going to, that they're going to make it right. They're going to yeah. make their own decisions because yeah. yeah. at some point they have to make their own decisions and they mm-hmm. have to. Um, but yeah, but I think the people that have had babies during this time, um, it is an area that we just haven't discussed that much. And it is something that's impacting the world. I mean, how many babies have been born since pandemic started? Well, I mean, I think it's, it, it, think about like even like weddings, 
All right. That's another aspect of this that family would come in or maybe they can't come in. Obviously, school disruptions. We've talked about that a little bit. We just zoomed a wedding on Sunday of a 98 year old, right? Yeah. Yeah. Zoomed it it to a few people, um, you know, that were out of out of out of people largely spread out and with masks on. I mean, it's yeah, it's just different. You know, it's different. But I was just I had like the super young couples in mind that, you know, have these big support structures that they want everybody to be there. And it just doesn't happen. So, you know, it's a lot of different things. Like you you have it in your mind. This is how this day is going to go down. And I, I think like going back to the birth piece, you know, I, I don't know. I, I don't want to speak for dads on this one. For all dads, I'll just speak for myself. I, I To me, I, I was sort of compartmentalized. And it's like me and my wife and we're going to have a baby at the hospital. Whoever's there, they're going to be there. That's cool. My job is to be there for, for her. I got to think, though. Because my wife and I think a lot of women kind of go in with a great expectation about what's going to happen in the birth process. And I think that probably includes who's going to be there. Right. A mom. And especially, let's face it, all cultures are a little bit different. And I mean, the Brazilians and the emphasis they put on family. Super close family. They are. And there's, Mm -hmm. I mean, I I think my family's pretty close, but I just, I look at some of the Brazilians and I'm like, oh, no, they're really. Well, and it's close with like extent there, the cultures like that and others. And there's lots of others that are like that can be very close with extended family as well. And that's the difference. And to not be able to, to, that's what she was talking about, to not be able to come and see the new baby. That's it. It's you're breaking that connection. And then the fact that her mom had to come through. Mexico and she doesn't speak Spanish that's, and that's I mean the, that's got to be overwhelming. I mean, I know people are well, she was in Cancun, but I'm like, yeah, but like I don't know that I want to go to Cancun in those circumstances. No, that's that's, what that's she said. not in the middle a, of a pandemic. It's not a vacation, cares, right? right? That's a different that's a different animal for sure. So you know, we've talked before about things like birth traumas or whatever. And birth trauma a lot of times tends to be a situation where you know there's some kind of maybe complication or whatever in the birthing process or, or whatever it is, whatever it may be. Um, to me, this, this feels like it, it could be one of those, especially when you're without a support system and you don't have, like I was trying to emphasize with her and just see if she'd bite on it. And she did the idea of not being able to take some naps and get some rest and have some handoffs and things like that, that family can certainly provide, especially when you have a colicky baby, that is a huge deal. And I don't care who you are when you're sleep deprived. Like every one of us is a monster. Absolutely. Right? <laughs> that's what the, when, when that's what we say, you know, talk about who's vulnerable yeah. to different types of things, right? At different types of stress or yeah. trauma. Um, you take sleep away and we're all vulnerable. We're all, you take I, I, anyone. The nicest person walking on planet earth. I mean, cause, cause we're not, we can't survive that way. Right. Our rest is key for things like mental health, emotional health, and all, all of it. It's so huge there. So yeah, I really feel for her story. I'm glad that it finally worked out, you know, sort of towards the end, but man, yeah, that's a hard but start. It's been, it's been months, right? It's I been mean, months. so it's, yeah. it's July yeah. of last year, yeah. the baby was born and we're at, January. Her mom just got right. here December 15th, right? right? So, so to me, the challenge with that, and if somebody can't empathize with that yet, maybe they're not a parent, that I think this is, you know, this is the key to understand here. So second baby, and she even kind of gave reference to this. We don't want to have a second baby yet, right? And she right, kind of talked about right. that. You know, why? Because, um, you know, the, the same reason that we delayed so long between two and three on that is because, oh my gosh, this is what it's going to be like. And are we ready for that again? It right? was hard. Now, yeah. I know that, that some people hear that and they go, oh, that sounds so selfish or whatever. Maybe it is, but I, it's it's not so much are we ready to be inconvenienced like that. It's are we back to an emotional place where our tank has enough in it to be able to do that? I, I think regardless, even if the baby's not colicky or whatever, like 
you know you're going to lose some sleep early on. It's going to happen, right? right? That, I mean, if you didn't know that, I, I hate to be the bearer of bad news here, you know, like hate to state what I thought of would have been the obvious babies. Of course, then I run into the families from time to time and I'm going, you know, yeah, how's your three week old? Oh my gosh, she's sleeping through the night. Yeah, I'm right. Like, I'm like, you, you must, yeah, I, I didn't have that. I'm I didn't. Like, I don't like you right no. now because you know, I'm jealous. I wish I had that, you know, yeah, I remember we just never had that. When our, when our second was born, yeah. I remember right before the second was born, mm-hmm. um, our oldest was four. Right? Okay. So he's four years old or he yeah. was almost, he was almost four. And I remember telling David, okay, so you need to start getting up because our four, he was four and still yeah, waking up yeah. at night or still coming in our bed yeah. sometimes. Yeah. And everybody's gonna be like, okay, I'm not going to listen to her with parenting strategies. The other ones did not do this, but with him. And I'm sure it was something we did, right? We, we held him and did too much, but, but I remember saying, okay, now, so David, you've got to get up with him. So he's used to you. So, because I'm going to have to get up with this new baby, right? right? I'm going to be nursing a new baby. So I can remember the the new baby came and, um, it was like, I don't know, probably three months into it. And the first night the new baby slept through the night, which was amazing because Mm. I remember waking up thinking, oh my goodness, did he, did, did he, is he still alive? Like when the new baby, but the funny part I, I was, did that with her first. I David was still had to get up. Is she breathing? Is she okay? Yeah. Yeah. David mm-hmm. still had to get up with, with our four-year-old because he was still getting oh, up at night. <laughs> but anyway, so I it just, is survival, right? It is you survival. Are, you're just surviving. Right? Both and, people and are you just get surviving. To a point. And, and it, it's, I mean, look, I, <laughs> this is what I don't want to do. I don't want to have a bunch of like young couples out there or whatever that are going, oh, I'm not going to have a baby now. <laughs> like Never I don't want to do it. No, it's worth it. Obviously it's worth it. I love my kids and you love your kids and everything. It's, it's, it's awesome. And even within those you know, I I, th- I always say this is why God gave, makes them cute, <laughs> right? Because yeah. it's like all oh, the screams, it's like blood curdling screams, you know, kind of thing. But then you look at that baby, you have those sweet, precious, innocent moments in the midst of even those survival times or whatever. It's just there is some survival aspect to it. So well, and in the pandemic, yeah. there's even more of a survival. You know, these, like she Definitely. said, she talked about a friend of hers who still hasn't gone anywhere. And yeah. my, well, well, let's talk about that too. So friends that can't come over people that like, like even people that are here. So maybe family can't be there, but and, it's hard to get a substitute and on let's that. Face right? it, moms can't, if, if they were planning on going back to work yeah. and being a working mom, yeah. um, there's not daycares mm-hmm. that are open. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, nope. I, I guess maybe there are now in Florida, you're limited but I know in the other places states, that you can go to, right? Definitely limited. I and mean, there were parks and playgrounds for a while that had police tape around them, and even it, it didn't matter if you were in a mask or not, closed, end of story. So, right? you know, you, well, you know, it's harder like to go out and in, do that. In, in a lot of states. So even a place you can kind of get out and get some air is what we're saying is that it's it's difficult. So, yeah, I think that's, you know, sometimes we um, we, we tell a story of, uh, you know, of, uh, of somebody that's got a trauma or whatever, and they've gone through, a, obviously, bulk and, you know, of our episodes here about the modalities that they experience and get relief from on the other side. You know, this is just one of those things in a lot of ways, it, it's just a, a sort of a generalized kind of traumatic situation and condition of the world that we're in. Well, let me interrupt you for a sure. minute because actually, mm-hmm. you know, part of a healing from trauma is yeah. connection, right? Connection with other people, correct, correct. Um, someone hearing your story and, and kind of holding space for you. And that's, you know, she had a baby, her world turned upside down because life changed. And then she didn't have somebody hold space with her. But now yes, yeah. the healing part is her mom is there. She yeah. talked about the community has, has been there. Right. And so she has someone holding space for her. So it's kind of interesting because, yeah, we do t- usually talk about, oh, this person had a trauma. They yeah. were a veteran. They were in the military. They saw mm-hmm. this horrible thing. Mm-hmm. They worked with a therapist and yeah. did this this intervention. Yeah. And then on the other side, this is how they're feeling and, and this is what's changing. Yeah. Um, and with this situation, it's more of, a healing of presence, right? Yeah, just someone. Yeah. Interesting. Which, by the way, is something everybody listening to this can provide, can't they? 
Absolutely. Right? We all can be present. We can be, be present. There. We can be available for someone for situations like this. So I hope this maybe inspires some compassion and empathy for maybe situations that live across the street from you. I don't know if I'm just <laughs> sorry. That was a guilt trip. So no, but, but I think we all have those. We all have situations and we're just, um, we're largely, you know, we can be largely unaware of a situation and yet it can be right in front of us. Check in with somebody, always be checking in with somebody. If you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to subscribe and give us a five-star review and share it with your community.